Hello, welcome to episode 47 of the Quickie Podcast, hosted by Dave Hopkins. <coughs> Sorry, uh, frog in my throat. Uh, that was welcome to episode 47 of the Quickie Podcast. Just kidding. That intro was Liliana Hopkins, my little nine-year-old girl. Yeah, big smiles. Mm. Welcome to episode 47 of the Quickie Podcast today, everybody. You guys, you got to hop on that review train. The train is rolling through the station. I'm loving the reviews that are up there so far. Please keep them coming. Head to iTunes and leave a review for the podcast and a rating for the podcast. They make me smile. And like I've said before, they make me feel warm. Today's guest is Julia Joravel. She is a visual designer at Fuzzy Math in Chicago, Illinois. I butchered that. Chicago, Illinois is the correct way to say that. Uh, The home of deep dish pizza, although we did not talk about pizza on this episode. So Julia drops the bomb right off the start. She was born in Siberia. And in Russia there, art and design was more for enjoyment, not career. A career you encouraged to do something more practical, something a little bit more like a a regular job, so to speak. Uh, So she speaks to that. She tells us some great stories. And she is super kind. Like, what a nice person. We met at a sort of social function mixer after design thinkers in Vancouver here. So it was totally random meet up at the table. I was eating and stuffing my face. She was eating because we were hungry. And uh, we just sort of said, hey, what's up? What are you guys doing here? And that's how we met. And so she went home. I reached out and we had to get her on the podcast. So ladies and gentlemen, without waiting any longer, Julia Joraville. Here we go. Hi, Julia. Hi. Thanks for joining me on the show today. Hi, thank you for having me. Perfect. You ready to go? Yeah, ready. All right, All right. the clock has started. Briefly tell the <laughs> listeners about yourself. Okay. Um, well, so I was born in Siberia, and so very far away, and my parents and I immigrated to Chicago when my dad got a job to teach at a university um, when I was a toddler. Okay. Uh, and so after that, I graduated with my bachelor's of design in 2014 now, um, and I currently work as a visual designer at a user experience design agency called Fuzzy Math uh, in Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> not meth, not meth. Yeah, not like we talked about, not fuzzy math, fuzzy yeah, math. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Um, and what were you doing before fuzzy math? Um, so that was my first job out of school, actually. Oh, right on. So you've been there a while yeah. then. Yeah, so it's 2014, I think, yeah, five five years. Um, yeah, it's really small. There's about like 12 of us or so, and it's like fluctuated over the years. But mm-hmm. I mean, I've just been really lucky to find a, a team with really intelligent, smart designers and been able to kind of explore a breadth of work. 
That's yeah. cool. Okay, so I want to go even for, further back and explore what you had mentioned about the childhood a little bit more. Um, okay. You kind of like dropped a bomb right off the start, born in <laughs> Siberia. Boom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what was your childhood like? And do you feel that you had a creative childhood? And what made it that way? Um, you know, not particularly uh, because my family, I come from a family of scientists. Mm-hmm. And, and especially in Russia uh, during that time, it, it wasn't really design and art wasn't something you pursued as a career unnecessarily. It was more like you would do something practical, so to speak, and then you would pursue art or something for your enjoyment outside mm-hmm. of work. Um, so that's part of the reason why I never really considered it growing up. But I always liked to, you know, draw and paint and things like that. Um, and I was actually really bad at drawing growing <laughs> up. Uh, my teacher, freshman year of high school, I had to draw like a dog or something for an assignment. And she didn't know what it even was. Like she couldn't tell. <laughs> what and, is this octopus? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was it was so ugly. It was horrific. Um, and I was so embarrassed. And I just like locked myself in my room with a bunch of drawing books. And I just like had at it. And after that, I, I kind of caught the bug and, and really went went full speed ahead. Yeah. So do you think that moment then was the catalyst to you becoming a designer and pursuing this creative field, that sort of moment of this dog does not even look like a dog? <laughs> um, you, you know, I've, I always love design and I always love like illustration and art. I just never felt like it was for me. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just because of the background. Yeah. Um, but it was always something that I, I really loved and made me happy deep inside um, before I went into it. Yeah. Now, that's interesting. I've done some interviews with um, designers that come from immigrant families from all over. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they come to Canada or, or North America and it's, you know, engineering or doctors or lawyers. Like, these are the careers we're pursuing. And, mm-hmm. you know, it really takes, it takes work to convince the family to support that design creative direction sometimes. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's definitely what it was. I mean... Uh, it takes a village, I guess you could say that, because in high school, my teachers, like my my drawing teachers, my painting teachers, felt like I had I had talent or right. I had I had something um, to expand. And I remember my mom, my poor mom, she was a doctor, so she would go to these parent teacher conferences and be like, "Are you sure my daughter can do this?" And they're like, "I think she'll be okay." <laughs> so, yeah, so I, I uh, give them a lot of credit for helping me along. Mm-hmm. Okay, so was there a sort of specific moment where either you started noticing design in the world or that really, you know, you doubled down on this creative direction and said, this is what I'm going to do? Yeah, uh, I so during a few initial, so in, in the first year when you go to design school, you, you see a bunch of, you sort of, you don't go straight into graphic design, which is mm-hmm. what I went to school for. Um, there's all these different disciplines. And so you would go through and try out different ones, like industrial design or, or you know, illustration or animation, like whichever. And I saw Helvetica. And I remember watching Helvetica and thinking like, wow, this is so cool and this is so interesting. There's so much thought um, behind letter forms and and behind um, like in the beginning of movies, like when they have the opening scenes and everything Uh like that. Like I I just really loved that and I felt like I wanted to, to... be part of that yeah so you're talking about helvetica the documentary not just, yeah the documentary not just the typeface. Mm-hmm. yeah 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 okay. I, I can't say the typeface by itself really drew me to design <laughs> yeah 
but <laughs> the, seeing the designers really excited about it um, really convinced me that that graphic design was yeah. a great field. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like you went to type your cover letter, selected Helvetica, and went, "Oh my God, this is it!" Yeah, <laughs> this is yeah. The, this is from Times me. New Roman to Helvetica. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. So then, what do you think has been the most influential design of your life so far? Either something you've seen or something you've been a part of. I I would say that, so we came, my family and I, we immigrated to America um, because my father got a job at UIC, which is a a university in Chicago. And I went there too for design school. And in my senior capstone, I was one of like the three finalists for redesigning the um, the identity. So our, our whole class worked on it. Okay. Um, and then there was like people, we got picked like different directions. And so I was like one of the top three and just seeing that identity finished um, was a really proud moment because it kind of all came full circle of like what brought us here. And then I was part of like the future of that institution. That's cool. What an awesome moment. Yeah. And did they stick, like, was it just a project or did they stick with the sort of new branding that you helped develop? Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's through the entire school. So if you go on their website, um, they had a, a web design team, like, like flesh it out. So it's real and it's 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 working. So. It's live and you get to look at it every, all the time. Well, I don't look at it all the time, um, but I don't really Google my college. But if I did, <laughs> I went there. It is nice. It is nice. I was there for the um, senior show back in May, and it was really fun to walk around. Okay, and, so you, and get, you get to see it again every now and then. Yeah. Ignites the memories. Cool. Uh, so who is a designer or a brand that you look up to or closely follow, and what is it about them that you like? Mm. I, there's like, I think there's a few, but I really love Duolingo Uh uh, because I love learning languages. So I I didn't, I didn't mention this, but before I decided to fully go into design, uh, I dabbled in studying Japanese. Oh, cool. Um, Yeah. So I studied Japanese for a little bit uh, and I I did like a summer study abroad too, but then I, I decided to go straight into design and and not really shift my focus. Uh-huh. Uh, but I just love learning languages. And I love the fact that Duolingo provides like free language learning to anybody. Um, I think it's such a really great resource. Mm-hmm. for people. Mm-hmm. I love Duolingo. I use Duolingo and I'm currently learning Spanish. Oh, awesome. Yes. Yeah. So tu como manzanas? Oh, no, I did not take Spanish at all. Of all, <laughs> of all the random languages, I took like French in high school, Japanese, yeah. did not take Spanish. So I believe I just asked you if you eat apples. Ah, uh, yeah, see. Si. See, <laughs> si, si, senor. See, si, yeah. <laughs> that I know, that I know. Perfect. Um, so what's been the most challenging time in your design career so far? Why was it challenging and how did you get through it? Challenging time. I would say the the most challenging time I've had was when I was first starting out. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I graduated school, I graduated with a bachelor's of design and my program was very heavy into graphic design mm-hmm. uh, and I work as a visual designer. So it's all in sketch and it's for 
websites and applications, things like that. Uh, and, and working at a user experience design firm, there was a whole new set of language um, that I wasn't really accustomed to vocabulary. And I tried really hard to learn it all. Like I, I obsessively would write down words and, and thought that, oh, this is the way people are speaking, like we consult and speak. And I, I tried to mold myself into that way. And I realized that by trying to mold myself to speak how everybody else did, I was kind of losing my own voice and, and what made me passionate about the, the directions that I was choosing or, or the designs that I was I was picking hmm. kind of that ability to describe it. Yeah. So you basically at that moment decided to sort of learn and take in the information, mm -hmm. but to be yourself and to mm -hmm. continue you know, to follow what your gut's saying. Yeah, exactly. Perfect. So take us then to a specific design or a project that did not go well or bring the desired result. What was that like? How did that feel? Uh, I, I feel like I've been fairly lucky uh, with the projects that I've had because overall they've they've all kind of uh, gone through the whole process even though they had specific challenges. Um, there was one last year actually that the, the main challenge was that we didn't have enough hours on mm -hmm. the project. Because we're a consultancy, a lot of times clients will come to us and say, I have this bucket of hours. Mm -hmm. And the what was really challenging about this is that I went through a whole like mood board process and everything and the client would keep changing what they what they wanted like they couldn't really decide what okay. was important to them and I feel like that made me question myself because as designers we take pride in being thoughtful and um, you know taking in what the client is telling us and and sort of uh, interpreting that into our in a visual format and I felt like I wasn't able to do that and that was extremely frustrating um but we ended up turning it around and we're able to save the client relationship and we're working on a new project with them actually um but that was extremely challenging because just like the words um the terminology and vocabulary it's a lot of second guessing yourself mm -hmm. and i feel like that's one of the biggest things as a designer is, is second guessing yourself um sort of one of the biggest you know problems in balance between being uh, self-aware of the issue and just trusting your gut. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Hmm, okay. What is something that you're struggling with in your design career right now? Uh, I would say probably like the next step. Uh, so I've, I've been a visual designer for, for maybe five years now. Mm -hmm. And I've had the the opportunity to to work in a UX capacity as well, a user experience design capacity. I've run like research, things like that. And I'm just trying to figure out what I really want to focus on and continue on the next step of my career. Mm -hmm. um, so just sort of seeing where, where to evolve next. And I think there's just so much opportunity uh, to so many different types of avenues for designers uh, to, to be in different industries. So kind of picking where I'd want to be and where I'd like to go. Yeah. So from that initial first year in school where they were, you know, you were touching on industrial design and art and illustration and all of these different elements, you know, from that experience, what do you think is next for you? What do you think you're most interested in next? I think definitely something that involves illustration and something that involves 
talking to users. Uh, I really like the idea of like ethnographic research and, and finding out how people are using tools, but also not losing the, the, the illustration, the creative aspect. Not that user experience isn't creative uh, necessarily. It, it definitely is. Um, but they, you know, you, you just want to kind of strike a balance between both. You don't want to completely lose the, the actual pr- like production and making. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I want to switch gears now from the tough stuff and the challenges that you've experienced. <laughs> um, and tell me about a project that you've been a part of that you're the most proud of. Um, the one that makes your heart sing or the biggest design feather in your cap. I would say working on the Poetry Foundation uh, was a really exciting project, uh, mostly because, you know, I mentioned uh, the movie Helvetica, uh, and one of the partners that worked on the project, they were, uh, Poetry Foundation was rebranding at the time when we first began the project, and uh, Pentagram was the rebrand team Mm -hmm. and so I remember being like on a phone call with Michael Beirut and just like (laughs) sitting there being like whoa this is crazy like you know I I I saw him in this movie and now he's like on the phone um with us so I thought that was really really exciting and I think the the website came out really great so I'm very proud of that project that's cool and what parts of that project did you have the opportunity to touch I, so I was the visual designer. So, um, Pentagram, they worked on the new brand for Mm -hmm. the Poetry Foundation. Uh, and our team, we had two UX designers and then me. And the UX designers, they primarily focused on the, the content strategy, organization, you know, wireframing, things like that. And then I would, well, actually, one of the challenges was that there was no brand when I was designing this because mm-hmm. they were currently rebranding. So I was doing the best I could to sort of create an interim design system while that was happening. And so when they did show us the brand, I could just kind of like take it and copy it and, and paste it around. Sort of drop it into where it should go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is that sort so of like the way a, it looks? Yeah. Is that like a, you know, a cart before the horse situation or can you actually do the one before the other? Normally we we wouldn't, um, and I, I think that that's that's a project I'm really proud of, just for the the sheer fact that I guessed what the brand was going to look like. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it was really interesting because I picked the colors and then the typography, and I was really thinking about the feedback that we received from the client and the the visual design research that I did um, on the onset, and so it was really validating that that I came to kind of the same conclusion that this really great um, branding, you know, agency did as well. Mm-hmm. I like that. So and you're in Chicago right now, yeah? Yes, correct. Perfect. And what is the design community like in Chicago? Are you an active member? Yeah, I would say so. I, I go to design shows. I just finished uh, at Chicago AIGA, uh, that's like the American graphic design. I, I don't want to say the wrong thing, but it's basically <laughs> RG, RGD, the version uh, in America. And yeah. Um, yeah, I did a mentorship program. I was actually mentored, uh, but it was a, a really great um, program. It was like eight of us and one mentor. And I'd like to sort of reverse it and then, then do the mentorship program and mentor a few other folks. But yeah, I, I go to events. Um, hmm. I would say that it's a very tight-knit and small community in Chicago. Mm-hmm. You basically can't throw a rock without um, 
finding somebody somebody that knows somebody that knows somebody else. So. <laughs> Got it. And you had mentioned the mentor program. Have you had a design mentor? Who was that person? And what was that experience like for you? I feel like I have a few, uh, which which I feel very lucky, fortunate to have. Uh, my my capstone teacher, she was a really great mentor, well, is a really great mentor. Mm-hmm. Her name is Cheryl Toller-Weiss. Um, she has a studio in Chicago called Studio Blue, which I, I really admire her for her leadership. Um, and then I've had a couple other peers that working in different fields, but they're really successful, really intelligent. And I find that as I get older, I can really look to my peers as mentors as well, and not just look to a teacher necessarily or someone way older than me. Mm -hmm. And so the experience is obviously a positive one. Yeah. So what do you feel is the, you know, the, the best piece of information or advice that you've pulled or, or the one, the one strategy or something like that, that has stuck with you that you learned from a mentor? I think it goes back to what I was saying earlier about being true to your authentic voice. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's really easy, especially in design and with social media, things like that, to to feel lost, um, to be like, you know, what kind of designer am I? What do I want to do? How do I want to present myself, branding, and everything? Um, and the the mentors that I've had are always telling me, reiterating, like, be yourself. Don't try to be somebody else. And it's okay if something that you make looks similar to something else, you know, because that's a big anxiety a lot of designers have too. Like everything's already been done. Um, yeah. yeah, I can imagine that. I've seen, you know, the odd Instagram post where they're comparing logos. Look how close these look and things like that. And I just, hey. Yeah. Um, so take us to one or tell us one design product tool, website, or a community that you just can't live without? Website, for sure. And it's not design related, but I love it very much. It's called mm-hmm. Brain Pickings. Oh, okay. And I never heard of it. I never heard of it? Okay. It's by this woman named Maria Popova. And I really love the story behind it because she worked at a, an advertising agency, I believe. And she noticed that they were all sending inspiration to each other, um, the kind of the same things over and over and over again. And she's like, well, why don't we just look outside of that and, and look into philosophy, look into astrophysics, look into poetry, mm-hmm. and sort of pull from there to, to get inspired. Because like I was saying, like, it's really easy to sort of look inside and see like a vacuum of, of designers all kind of... Um, using the same kind of inspiration. So it's nice. And she, she posts almost every day. I think she reads like something like 30 books a month, which I don't think is hot. I don't know. I I might be lying, but (laughs) I just remember (laughs) reading an article. She's like, I read books on the treadmill. And I'm like, wow, you're very dedicated. So I would trip if that were the case. Yeah. Yeah. Just just not be maybe walking really slowly. So yeah, the steady pace for sure. Um, I've actually had some guests say that one of their tools or, you know, going the website angle has been Wikipedia mm-hmm. and just history and getting you know, lost in a Wikipedia rabbit hole um, because the things you see and learn from history um, can influence and inspire. Oh, yeah. I love I love history so much. I I love to read. Yeah. I mean, I think definitely I, I've gone in a Wikipedia rabbit hole before and ended up in a 
really weird, weird pages. And, and like, it's like, you know, it's always like 2 a.m. You're reading, you're like, why do I need to know about this specific lizard in South America? So. <laughs> but look at those scales. Ooh, I could use that. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's usually the process and how it goes. Yeah. Cool. So we're at the time now for the Ask It Forward question. Um, now, the previous guest was Kevin Tudball, and he's a freelance designer that actually lives life on the road and is just traveling around the U.S. and kind of drops to a home base every for a couple of months at a time. Um, he's currently, I think, somewhere in Michigan. Cool. But he asked and wanted to know, are you a night owl or a morning bird, and how does that affect your process? Hmm. I would say that I am a morning bird that masquerades as a night owl. <laughs> I yeah, I know that I want to wake up early and work on things, but for some reason, you know, when it's morning and, and you know you have like the whole day ahead of you, mm -hmm. I almost don't want to put my head down and work on something for fear that I'm just going to spend hours, you know, hours just fly by when you're designing. Yes. Um, so I just want to keep on top of my schedule, and so even though I probably would prefer to work in the morning. I work at night usually just so that I can work into my bedtime and be like, oh, it's time for bed. Yeah, exactly. Stop, work yeah. until you just literally have to drop. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Fantastic. Or it's 2 a.m. and you're on Wikipedia, right? So. <laughs> exactly. That, that South American lizard. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so what is your ask it forward question? What would you like me to ask the next guest? Um, I guess I was thinking, hmm. Thinking of the Wikipedia. Um, if, so I guess if you could redesign a part of the human body, Whoa. What, what would it be? Because I was thinking, like, you know, it's it's really interesting. I went to this um, exhibit at the Museum of Science and Industry in Chicago, and it was about biomechanics. And I thought, oh, my God, animals have such interest. We got on animals now, away from design onto animals. <laughs> but but animals are such interesting um bodies and, and the way that they're sort of set up um, depending on what they're they're doing um, so I'm curious if you're gonna redesign something in the body what part would you would you redesign I hope yeah. I'm not like just loading this up and laying it out for the next person but <laughs> yeah they're gonna be like I don't know I mean, maybe they'll, they'll think of something cool it's gonna be something creative I know it yeah yeah, yeah of course Awesome. All right. Now it's time for the lightning round. And this is 10 questions back to back to back. Really quick one to two word answers. Uh, some of them design related, but most of them are not. And it gives you as a guest a chance to sort of tell us about yourself a little bit more outside of design. Okay. Sounds right. good. You ready to go? Yeah, I'm ready. All right. Number one, what's your favorite carnival food? Funnel cake. Oh, second person to say that. Name mm -hmm. name a word that starts with the letter Q. Quiet. Ah. Have you ever slept on a trampoline? No, I have not, unfortunately. That's a dream, though. Oh, that's a good one. Tea or coffee? Tea, absolutely. Um, on a scale of 1 to 10, how good are you at bowling? Zero. I am horrible, <laughs> horrible at bowling. I got laughed at once because my score was so abysmal. It is very bad. I'm, I'm glad you can own that, you know, because the first step, Julia, is acknowledging the problem. <laughs> <laughs> or just ignoring it and never going bowling. Yeah. That and kayaking. So mm. You just dodge them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, what's your favorite Disney character? 
Oh, oh, Disney character. Um, I guess I like I like Simba, you know, because he had to go through a lot of rough stuff and then rise up to be king. That's true. You know, that's timely. The new Lion King's coming out soon. Yeah, animals. It's the theme. There you go. <laughs> if you could time travel, what year would you go back to first? Oh, oh no, that's such a hard question. Um, I would probably go to. Somewhere in the the turn of the century, the Industrial Revolution, I think it'd be really interesting to sort of see the past and the, the present kind of clashing. Mm. Um, what was the last song that you listened to? Oh, no. Um, I think it was Britney Spears. <laughs> oh, yes. I think it was like, oops, I did it again. I was going to say, is it crazy kick- or oops, I did it again? Because yeah. it's two different people. Yeah, it's, I think it's, it's Oops, I Did It Again. Yeah. Awesome. And how loud did you sing? Uh, I wasn't singing because I was on the train, but if I was at home, I would be singing. Perfect. Um, now for the last question, do you have your phone nearby? I do. Describe in one or two words the last picture you took on your phone. Okay, let me see. My phone is ancient, so it takes so long to load. <laughs> Oh, um, actually, it's it's not a picture; it's a video. But it, uh, like two hours ago, it was suddenly hailing out of nowhere, like torrential downpour hailing in Chicago. And then three seconds later, it was sunny. So the weather has been crazy. So here. At, at least two seasons today. Yeah, at least at the very least. <laughs> awesome, and you know what? I'm going to add a little design-related one at the end here. Um, if you were to only, if you could only choose one Adobe Suite product to use for the rest of your career, what would you choose? It'd be Photoshop. Photoshop. All right. Yeah. Julia, you made it to the end of the lightning round. Oh, gosh. Thank you. <laughs> That's all oh, I got I'm, for you. I'm so nervous and excited. Yeah. Oh. That's awesome. That's all I got for you. Thank you so much for being on the Quickie Podcast today. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you, Dave. It was really great talking to you. It was great chatting with you too. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. I really appreciate your time. Everybody have a fantastic day and we will see you here tomorrow. Thanks.